Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast among comedy podcasts. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Little uh, double guitar solo there. Some of it was mouth guitar. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're dancing out to this funky theme song. It's a fun one. Love that theme song. It's gotten compliments from people other than me. This is going to be a fun episode. Uh, got to see Cat at the UCB Chelsea Theater a couple nights ago. was fantastic. Ellen Cleghorn was the guest monologist and uh she took my suggestion and uh engaged me a good bit and it was cool it was cool getting to chat with someone i've seen a million times on a show that i love <laughs> if you don't know ellen cleghorn was on snl in those uh early 90 90s years with like chris rock and david spade and chris farley she was she's something else and uh that was fun it was a really great show I was excited to go see it because Brian McCann, one of my all-time late-night talk show favorites, was on. He's on that team, and uh, Peter Gross, if that's how you pronounce his name, also on that team, was not there that night. Was a little bummed about that, but Tammy Sager, who I did not realize was on that team, was there, and she was phenomenal. And the people I didn't know who were on that team also phenomenal. Really great show. Fun times had by all. Uh, the hosts for that particular night were Brandon and Shannon, who are on that team, and they were stellar. Like, they were so, so, so funny, and uh, we just had a great time going to see that. So, if you're ever up in New York or in L.A., check out Ask Cat. Get your tickets early, because they sell out pretty immediately. <laughs> also, this week... Um, Got to do a fun show last night with Justina, a buddy that I met at the North Carolina Comedy Arts Festival, contacted me and said there's this show where they do improv, but what they do is they pick different people to be a captain, and that those captains put together a team of people they've never played with before, and then they just show up and do an Armando together, <laughs> like one... Uh, one break of a one set of an Armando, and it was a lot of fun. It was a really fun show. It was in Long Island City, and we had a great time up there. And there was a cool venue called Creek and Cave, or the Creek in the Cave. So that was a good time. Glad we got to do it. And today's episode, also someone else that I've seen in town. She performs at the Magnet Theater, and she's great. Anytime I see a show at the Magnet Theater, it's a great time. And she's one of the people that has reinforced that thought because uh, she is great. Her name is Christina Gross-Peach, and she does sketch and improv at the Magnet Theater. She's fantastic. We have a really good talk. Why don't you check it out right now? Here's my chat with Christina Gross-Peach. Well, thanks again for doing the interview. I appreciate having you on. Yeah, can't wait. Well, let's go back. Where did you start uh, doing, where are you from, actually, originally? 
Um, I'm from a pretty small town north of Chicago. Um, okay. Technically closer to Wisconsin than it is to Chicago, but we say Chicago. <laughs> um, and I was like a pretty obnoxious theater kid. So that was my whole life was community theater and plays in school and musical theater and stuff like that. Um, and then when I went to college, I decided, you know, all my theater teachers, I think it's like the job of high school theater teachers to discourage people. Mm-hmm. So they were, they, you know, all, all, all my authority figures in the community theater world were all kind of like, if you can do anything else, do it. And that really like hit me. And it was scary. So I right. went to, so I kind of stopped cold when I went to college and thought like, you know, I'm a smart kid. I'll get a I'll see if I can do anything else. I'll get a real degree. Um, so right. I went to NYU. Okay. I studied anthropology and French. Um, I moved to France for a while to teach English. Um, but the whole time I was just like itching to perform again. And so when I moved back to New York, I went straight to the magnet and um signed up for an improv class oh that's awesome so uh but real quick i do want to apologize right when we started this interview someone outside decided to start drilling into the cement outside (laughs) making all the noise so i hope it's not distracting you or the listener um what made you pick magnet had you heard about magnet had you seen magnet um i it it was like a yelp review (laughs) okay Magnet is like the highest reviewed like improv classes, I think, on Yelp, oh, at least at the time. Uh, and I was scared a little bit because I had like locked this side of myself away for so long. I was really scared to come back to it. It was really scary. Oh, so, so hearing that, hearing good things about the experience in their school made you feel comfortable. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, the comparison. The other, the only other option I really knew about was UCB, and that mm-hmm. seemed like a more competitive place and you know, maybe that's somewhere I would have wanted to end up. But at the time I was just like, I need to like, I need to be back in. Yeah. yeah, How many years ago was this that you ended up at Magnet? Um, this was 2012. Okay. Like November, 2012. Yeah. Really. So five years ago. And how many years did you have off of performing? Um, around five. Okay. Um, well, the reason I wanted to interview you was because one of the first shows that we saw upon moving here a month ago was the sketch show that a uh, sketch show you, that you were in and you're really fun on stage. You have a fun energy and uh, you're cracking me and Justina up and, <laughs> um, everyone was great, but there was just something like extra fun about you. And I was like, Oh, it'd be really cool to interview her about her performance style. And I, I guess a lot of that ability on stage comes from having grown up performing. Yeah, I guess it's always, I don't know. I, I was the youngest sibling. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I always wonder if that's something. Um, Sometimes but my, it is. Yeah. How many, <laughs> how many siblings do you have? I only have one older sibling, but um, my dad is the oldest of 12. So I have so a, there are a lot of cousins. Massive, I have a massive family. Yeah. Right. And so you're the youngest of all the cousins. Now I'm actually see that's where that's where this falls apart because I'm one of the oldest of the cousins, but just like, <laughs> <laughs> it falls right there. But um, I don't know when I I remember being like um, having 
at least in my immediate family and in my extended family, just feeling like my role was to do goofy things and make people laugh. Right, right. That's fun. Uh, I'm the youngest even of my cousins. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess when it comes to uh, all the ones that grew up together I'm uh, and not the kids of the cousins, I'm the youngest as well. And I I think it I think it does have something to do with it, but I can also see how being one of the oldest of the cousins makes you feel like, oh, I got to entertain all these kids because uh, <laughs> they're looking to me to help uh, entertain the kids, like keep them... <laughs> occupied for a little bit so i could see it working both ways yeah. uh in doing a little research and we'll get back to your performance um and things you've learned but in doing a little research on you i saw that you were on and I, i'm imagining you know where i'm going with this who's was it uh who wants to be a millionaire was that what you were yeah. on? i was on who wants to be a millionaire yeah okay would you mind talking about that experience um, it was the coolest thing. Um, yeah. Still get mad at myself uh, <laughs> out of like dumb mistakes I made and I could have made more money. Yeah, that's always, I'm sure that's always the thing. Whenever I'm watching and the person's like, no, you know what? I'm just going to take the money and go. Uh, even then when they hear the answer, they're like, ah, I could have guessed that. <laughs> um, exactly. So uh, were you just on one episode? It almost looked like in like the pictures I saw, like, you're in different outfits but maybe that was just like so yeah i was on two episodes but it's but that's fake (laughs) so it's just you know they um they film it and then like the lights the alarm will go off and then they're like okay go into the bathroom and change your shirt (laughs) and then i went into the bathroom changed my shirt and we came they changed the host's tie and then like we just started again as if another day they moved people in the audience around they just they get them all out in like one or two days of filming right, and they just right. fake the commercial breaks and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I've heard of this now. Were, was it that you had, um, were, were you kind of, I, I don't watch the show a ton, but is, was it that you were the person who came in at the end of the episode and they're like, we'll get more in the next episode. Or did you like get as much as one can get in an episode? So then you got on to the second episode. Does that make even sense? I came in on the end and I had like a pretty good streak. So then they had, yeah, I see. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't have to know how much you won, but what was the Uh, question? I won $20,000. Ooh, sweet. Yeah, Yeah. that was huge. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, my mom won uh, that on a once uh, on a scratch off or something like that, and like that's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a lot when it's money it's you weren't expecting to have. Oh, especially in Who Wants a Millionaire? It's like such a slow, like it starts really slow. Uh huh. It really builds towards the end, but it starts like five hundred, mm-hmm. a thousand, like fifteen hundred. It just starts really slow. So you're answering those questions and you're seeing the big number flash on the side of the, uh, you know, on the wall. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden when I saw like 10,000, 20,000, I was like, whoa, something's <laughs> happening here. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. What was the question that uh, you was your last one? Did you get it wrong or was it that you decided um, so not to risk it? What so was it? <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I had kind of. Well, first, I got to tell you that I am a great test taker. And it's like, mm-hmm. if I had been sitting alone in a room filling out a Scantron, I wouldn't have 
fumbled on these questions, but like right. you're in that space and there's lights, there's 300 people staring at you. Right. And had you been on television before? Um, no, I hadn't been on television before. And it wasn't the cameras that was freaking me out. It was just kind of this like pressure to like hurry up, even though there was no pressure to hurry up. I, they tell you like you could take really as long as you want. I just like I'm the kind of person who loves to exceed expectations. So right. Uh, so it's just like, I was like, uh, I just felt this pressure to like hurry up. And that host from the bachelor, Chris Harrison, mm-hmm. he's got dead shark eyes and yes. he's just staring at you smiling. It was really <laughs> difficult things that you definitely know or could have guessed in that situation. You're like, I don't know. I've never <laughs> done this. Um, so I kind of blew, well, I've kind of like used some of my, um, lifelines earlier earlier than I maybe should have so when Mm -hmm. I got to the question about Book of Mormon um, the question was what was the name of the real life dictator that the dictator in Book of Mormon was based off of okay so you would would have had to have seen Book of Mormon yes and the thing is I had seen Book of Mormon Mm -hmm. which is why this is embarrassing but I had seen it like five years prior and I hadn't been list- like I, I had never once listened to the soundtrack mm-hmm. and all of the and then I was like okay okay but I can do process of elimination but all of the answers were like nuts because the guy's real name was um, General Butt Naked <laughs> and the guy's name in the play was General Butt Fucking Naked <laughs> um, but again I, I couldn't at the time I didn't I really hadn't this 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 factoid had never once sat in my brain. Right. All right. Process of elimination. But all the other options were like, uh, you know, brigadier butts, like <laughs> private, no panties. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was like I, I was so like, like These all of them sound equally ridiculous. Yeah. So there was mm-hmm. no there's almost no way. The only way could per- perhaps if I had known anything about military hierarchy. Mm hmm. <laughs> don't so it's just like i i had i decided the risk that's one of the hardest places i think in who wants to be a millionaire because your risk is you go back down to five thousand right i could walk away with 20 that could that's like life-changing like mm-hmm. um so i walked away i i don't regret it and you had already used your lifelines and things like that so mm-hmm. all you yeah. can do is yeah yeah well good for you you, you didn't uh gamble it yeah. Yeah, and I had taken a few like risks earlier, so I kind of felt like my my luck has run out, like I got to walk on this one. Mm-hmm. I don't regret it. I have lived this moment many, many times and I just feel like there's no other way it could have gone. If only I had listened to the soundtrack a week before, then, <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, well no worries though. I mean, you still you still come out with some dignity. Because yeah. you didn't risk it and get it wrong, you know? Like, those are the ones where there's there's no consoling them. No, that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, you start going through the curriculum at Magnet. We'll, we'll advance to that time period. And you uh, are... Is it a new, completely new experience for you since it's improv and you're doing stage plays before that? Um... Yeah, it is pretty new, it, but it it's resembles kind of like theater games you did as a kid. Okay. Which I, when I was a kid, I hated them. Like I despised 
all of that. Like in, what you in community theater, freeze tag is pretty big, mm-hmm. and I couldn't stand it because it's a bunch of ten year olds, and <laughs> I just like the pressure to be funny is so great that mm-hmm. it was overwhelming to me. Right. Like, I think I said this on the Magnet podcast, but there was this one guy who would always in freeze tag, no matter what position anyone was in, would come in and be like, uh, do you want fries with that? And it was just the funniest thing to a group of eight and ten year olds. And right. I could never beat that. <laughs> so, of course, if you're the guy who always does that in an improv theater now, then you're hated. Hated. <laughs> But it yeah, was just, but I get what you're saying, though. As a kid, it was just like the the pressure to like have a punchline because you don't do mm-hmm. long form improv, you do like right. short form, and and that still to this day makes me anxious. Like oh. the pressure to have a punchline. Like I'd rather for me, it's like I like to be in a character and just see who that character is. Yeah, yeah, that's super fun. I had this a similar experience in college because I took an improv class in college, and just the whole class just kind of made it a, oh, is that line funny enough? Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't, then they would actually groan. It just wasn't a su- supportive place at all. Like wow. improv is supposed to be. <laughs> um, so it really wasn't the best uh, improv education, honestly. And I am uh, firing shots, but it's the <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure that person's not teaching it anymore. But regardless, that was the experience i had when i was going into a theater and learning and had to get to the uh object game where you're taking an object and just riffing on it and trying to do different things it's like listen i'm not robin williams i can't make any object hilariously funny and completely different and it it mortified me getting into the theater that i got into but uh at the same time it was a supportive place because that's what communities are when they're improv communities Mm. so i totally get what you're saying but i still feel a little of that now too that anxiety that you're talking about about oh gosh it gotta be funny right but yeah (laughs) everyone tells you not to like don't worry about being funny right Mm -hmm. Um, but you're hilarious so how do you do it i i was talking to adam frucci last week about how people are in improv scenes i know what they're doing I know that they are getting into a character, getting a perspective, just responding naturally from that perspective to the things that are going on, and they're just reacting and and utilizing what's already happened. But it's all still so funny, and it just seems so well-crafted, and yet they're all saying, like, I'm not crafting it. How, like, I still just don't know how you do it. So when you're performing, what is your process when you're doing improv? Uh, what is your process that's getting you to uh, be so sharp? Oh, dude, I just like, I leave my body. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when I'm, there have been like advice, pieces of advice that have really stuck with me. I think some advice sticks to some improvisers more than others, just mm-hmm. like depending on what your style is. One, whenever I'm kind of feeling nervous or not like, I'm not on my game today. Mm-hmm. I think Fashion Canelli once in a uh, like coaching session just said like um, really talked through what yes and means, and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't just um, you know like oh hey like I'm I'm 
filling up my bowl of lucky charms and you're and if you most people just do yes and they're like oh great i love lucky charms and right. they like saying i love lucky charms is an and but it's not and it's saying yes and it's like oh great i love lucky charms we haven't had them since the war you right. know just saying like truly adding literally fucking anything Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, people are scared too because they don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. But when you do that, you and your partner all of a sudden are like electrified. Like you know what's happening now. You can do this. Right. Um, and it, I, people have been saying yes and yes and yes and forever. But I don't think until like I like had that real like moment thinking about like no, it's not just agreeing and saying hey that's great, good for you. Right. Uh, but like just like pulling something and adding and making a world right there. You two are just building it together. That's what it means. Did I under did I really understand kind of what we're doing on stage? Yeah, that is I think a huge breakthrough in improv is when you do realize, oh, I can add more detail and I don't have to think so much about it and I don't have to be so crafty and witty with that detail. It's just giving more de- more information that explains a little bit more of what's going on or who these people are to each other. Yeah. Or any, you know, and that's all it is, just giving context. And so often when I'm watching a great show, like we were at the mixer and Justina, my girlfriend, who you met, was doing a scene with Katie Berry and mm-hmm. Katie just added this amazing and essentially and it made everyone go crazy because it was hilarious but it wasn't that it was uh something that was thought out of course we both know that but it wasn't thought out before it was just kind of connecting some dots yeah yeah definitely um i guess the other thing is sometimes i like to if i'm ever feeling like off my game i give myself a secret but those are all kind of like basic um improv exercises i wish Mm -hmm. i had a I wish I had some, some, you know, advice from the heavens for you, <laughs> but a lot of it is just like reps. Like you do it in practice and over right. and over do these reps and reps and reps. And you just hope when you get on stage that somewhere in your body, you remember it. Cause you don't want to be thinking about that on stage. You just want to be present. Right. Explain what you mean by giving yourself a secret. Oh, um, I feel like I, me personally, and again, everybody is going to have like something different. Me personally, I feel like I get most engaged when there's some like emotional thing for me. Um, and so like sometimes it'll, my secret is just like, Oh, I'm in love with that person or like, Oh, I desperately need that person's validation or that kind of thing. And it it doesn't come up. It's just like, this is my secret. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's, it's something that you're playing that is, as you said, doesn't come up. It's just something you're an undercurrent that you're playing that gives a layer to the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like taking care of, I think taking care of yourself is something that people forget about. They're just like, Oh, am I agreeing enough? Am I agreeing enough? And like yeah. a good way to agree is just to fucking take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's something that I do also when I'm maybe feeling in my head. That's good. No, that's good advice. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I feel like that is from the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did you start doing sketch it magnet? Oh, honestly, this is my first time being on a sketch team at Magnet. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> what is the process of getting on at the Magnet Theater, getting on a, a sketch team? Uh, it depends on if you want to be a writer, performer, or writer, performer. Um, the right, uh, like for a writer, you have to like submit a packet of like a few sketches, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a performer, you need to first submit 
a like a reel, a video, so they can see kind of who you are, what's your deal, what are you like, you're performing, and then after that, you'll get a callback. And if you get a callback, then you have like a scene. They'll give you a scene partner and two sketches that you have to perform mm-hmm. in an audition. And a writer performer has to do both of those things. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. For the actor who wants to be on the sketch team. Is the reel of improv performances or could it be a commercial or anything that they've done? Or what kind of reel are we talking about? Truly anything. Mine was like a a slapdash, uh, like uh, just like thrown together pieces of sketches I've been in, improv Mm -hmm. shows, um, and like me recording myself doing characters. And just like threw it all in there, see see what hits. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, and so are you, what what vein are you on the Magnet team now that you're on? Is it, are you a, well, obviously I, you're performing, I'm just a but, performer. okay. Just a performer because I didn't, I didn't want to do a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is more practices or more, you know, more out of you to have that time of writing it and then presenting. Yeah, and writing, writing's great. I really love writing. It's just like, I'm like a little busy right now and I just like I just didn't fully have that time commitment but I did I have been missing performing written things Mm because I when I came back I've been doing mostly improv and recently I've been feeling kind of like okay uh, what's next I'm missing something now what's that now what's this new itch and um, I think it was you know performing something that's written and so that's kind of why I wanted to be to start doing sketch again what what did you miss about performing something that's written? Um, I I don't quite know. I guess a little bit is that it's like it's less ephemeral. Like it doesn't just live and die. Uh-huh, okay. Um, and also that you do get to, and I think it it speaks to like what I like about improv is like being a character. I mean, when you're doing something that's written you kind of get more time to explore this character. It's not just making it up right now and kind of being possessed by the character. It's like, mm-hmm. you're really kind of pushing yourself to see how deep and far you can go with it. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's acting. It, they're both uh, incredible forms of acting. Mm-hmm. And I like dramatic improv too, for that reason. I think it's really honest, but I just think, um, you know, it's just a different muscle. Yeah. Because with improv, you're, observing what's happening and what you've already done to try to build a character. Whereas if it's a script, you're trying to discover, you're discovering it in its written form. And then you're trying to put attributes to it that can help reinforce what's written. Mm -hmm. So it is a different muscle of, well, what can I do here that helps make this punch? And, you know, you're just getting a, you're ahead of the game because you're not <laughs> creating it on the spot. So you can think about all these other things. Yeah. And I can yeah. see that in how you perform. You you do add a lot of fun accents. Uh, and I don't mean like vocal accents. I just mean like physical things that you do uh, to help align, have a little more punch to it and things like that. That was, I think, what struck me so much is like some of the, just physical humor that you were getting out of the out of the work. Oh, thank you. Little pieces of flair. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a yeah, lot of I flair mean, to your performance. It's uh, a lot of fun. That really comes. I mean, and, and that if we're talking about, I think the one particular sketch. I mean, like we 
kind of like did that one over and over and over just to like see how deep and what new things can come out of it each time. So it really is like marrying improv with improv. It is a part of um, performing like a written word, something right. that's already written. It's just um, you get to kind of go further with it, I guess. Oh, or it's yeah. like, yeah. So. No, that's uh, that's super fun. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into writing in the future? I know you're saying you're busy now, but yeah, um, you know, I just put up the 10 minute play festival at Magnet, and that was really, really fun and exciting. And I read so many plays, and I just uh, and it made me kind of want to try not just sketch writing, but maybe like writing, you know, playwriting because. Mm-hmm. Again, the thing that I think that I'm always drawn to most is human emotion. And so sometimes with and sketch is really fun, but sometimes it's like goofy goof goof. <laughs> and um, and I think you can be really funny and be really grounded and honest too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sometimes that can really work in a sketch, but sometimes you need like a little bit of a longer format for that. So that's something I've been thinking about recently. Oh, that's cool. You mentioned earlier that you enjoy writing. What have you written uh, before in the like previously? What kind of writing have you done? Oh gosh, a bunch. Um, I've been on a few sketch teams before. Um, not at Magnet. Um, I've written personal essays, um, fiction, and short stories. Um, just like a whole host of writing things and you know I want to to make money I've been like you know an editor a copywriter and stuff like that so you know I've written a lot of really boring blogs about DIY home stuff (laughs) (laughs) stuff like that (laughs) you know I gotta pay those bills (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is that what uh, you didn't you just didn't you tell me you're gonna be in Los Angeles or you were just in Los Angeles Oh, I'm going to LA, but I'm, it sounds very glamorous, but I'm going to go just like see people. I'm not oh, going okay. to work. <laughs> I was but wondering I, if that's what, so uh, what you're doing. I was so flattered that you thought maybe I was going for some glamorous reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. When you mentioned that, I was like, oh, maybe she's got a shoot. Um, no, I've booked a, f- I've only booked a few commercials. Most recently I was in a DiGiorno's commercial. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, the, but commercial auditioning is it's really soulless. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know how much I'm, I'm going to keep doing that. Commercials are tough. I've done a few and I've had a, I've had some good shoots where uh, several now where they let me sort of just do whatever I wanted. But, um, and so those have been fun shoots, hmm. but, uh, they're still just going to use what they have to use and what they can. Uh, but at least it was a fun shoot, but, some of the shoots where it's just like, hey, just read this and read it this way. That is a way that you don't want to read it at all because <laughs> it's not really the best read. Oh, um, yeah. But that's uh, what the client wants. And so the people shooting are like, we get it, but just do this. Um, it is that that part is not the fun of why we get into performing. <laughs> you know, it's it's not why uh, we act. Well, the and the for me, the, I think the auditions are some of the worst I hope that you don't have like tons of casting directors that listen to your podcast. <laughs> I'm going to get blacklisted right now, but I just think like, uh, you know, I've walked into multiple auditions where the, the person is like, all right, I'm ready to laugh. Go. Oh, wow. 
like, oh, fuck yourself. Like, now you're definitely not going to laugh. Just like it's oh yeah happened. Yeah, and that's I, nobody, barely anybody, even famous people are not going to respond well to, all right, make me laugh. Yeah. You know, it's just and, already like jarring them. And half the time you can tell they don't really have the commercial written and they kind of want all the improvisers coming in for the audition to like come up with the good jokes for them and get the, and write it for them. I see. I've been to auditions and people on the way out, you know, people are like, that is the funniest line that we've heard all day. I mean, that's so funny. And then I don't even get a call back. (laughs) Just like they're, you know, they don't, they, they want us. It's so annoying that they want me to do their job for them. It just makes me crazy. No, that is, uh, that explains a lot. Cause I've heard so many stories of people saying like, oh, we won't even audition anyone if they haven't been to blank theater, you know? Mm-hmm. And that must be why. It's like, oh, some famous people are coming from there. We should audition people from there when we are stuck. <laughs> like I, yeah. could to- I could totally see that happening. Exactly. Oh, that's too bad. Um, but uh, but you're you're enjoying uh, I I would say some success here. I don't know how you measure success uh, in New York. I've just gotten here, but <laughs> you're at a great theater and you're doing great shows. What is the sort of take back that people can get from moving here? Because it's you know tough to get into some theaters. Might be easier to get in other theaters, but it's still very hard to get to where you've gotten what what is your uh, take back on that journey oh yeah i mean it takes some time and i guess the you know because in every theater you kind of have to go through the curriculum there's almost no way to skip but i would say don't you know have fun while you're in it don't get so obsessed with the end goal right um because you'll kind of miss a lot of the like lessons and um along the way i think (laughs) and i would also say don't be afraid to do your own thing there are Mm -hmm. plenty of people who maybe haven't made house teams at magnet at pit at at ucb who have pitched their own shows and that's like become a mainstay um so you've got something cool inside of you don't be afraid to do it and even if you don't feel like you're getting the approval in some very set standard way. That doesn't mean it's not worthy. Yeah, that's very good advice. And uh, and it's also, it is a skill that you're trying to learn. And if you're starting out in improv, you don't know where that end game's going to be. And so just learn the skill and learn how to be good. And I mean, it's like if you're learning to play guitar, if you just bought a guitar, <laughs> you've never played it. If you're saying, I want to be as big as John Mayer or whoever else you know could play Madison Square Garden. And I want to be that big and play Madison Square Garden. If you care more about that than just learning how to play guitar, you're going to have a really hard time learning how to play guitar. You yeah. know, like you're going to do some basic stuff, but you know, there's so much work you have to put into it to improve your skill set. And if your end game is not to improve your skill set, but instead to get on SNL or be the most famous actor, comedian out there, you're going to have a really hard time getting there because you're going to have a really hard time just improving your skill set and being any good. <laughs> so it, yeah. it's good advice to say, like, don't think about the end game. Of course, you know, like the end game is maybe just going through the process. Uh, and that's a fine end game, but. 
don't worry so much about what it all has to look like in a year or two years or, or whatever. And I know that that's impossible advice for most of us. Who moved to New York City. <laughs> yeah. An empty hole in our hearts and we're trying desperately to fill it with applause. But um, <laughs> it's but it really is important to to be OK with being where you are. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Yeah. So it's a great city. You're getting to see great shows. You know, I, I could go see Trike for free. And they're amazing, you know, or I could go see Armando Diaz experience for free, or I could go see the sketch shows that are great. And because I'm a student, I get to see that. And that's a great experience. And then also I'm learning good stuff and I'm having all these other fun experiences outside of improv in New York. So enjoy that. It goes, I guess it kind of goes back to the scene advice of taking care of yourself. Take care of yourself in life, you know, like take care of yourself. And, oh, yeah. and enjoy what you're experiencing because all of that is worthy of, of attention and, and gratefulness. Mm. That was so nice. Yeah. You know, and that feels like a good, t- good time to switch over to the end where we try to create something. Okay. If we we're going to try to come up with the idea for something, uh, it could be anything. It could be an idea for a sketch. Uh, it could be... Um, and a, a way to uh, audition people for commercials that isn't soul crushing. Um, <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> uh, um, we haven't really talked so much process um, other than being on stage, of course, but you know the writing process we haven't really talked about. Um, so I don't know if that's the direction we should go. Is Do you have a particular process when you're writing? Yeah, um, you know, I... I would love to create some way to write that is less lonely Hmm. (laughs) Um, because I spend a lot of time writing and I often feel like, cool, 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 cool. I've spent the entire day by myself and I've talked to nobody and now I don't know how to interact with humans. Okay. Um, So if we were going to like hypothetically create something right now, it would Uh be like some cool writers collective where you like uh go and write and not talk and that's fine or maybe like run ideas by each other and workshop a little bit or just all sit silently on beanbags and write (laughs) and at least you're around other humans that you are familiar with and that's good yeah um good good point i like that so um (laughs) Maybe the way we could structure it is uh, write alone independently for 30 minutes or whatever time period makes sense. And then uh, take a break and then maybe pitch those ideas. Mm, mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. go back to like utilizing those ideas. Um, Does that sound like a thing that works? It could be a good, that could be a good structure. It's like, come on in, write. But I think everything should be optional because everyone has mm-hmm. a different flow, you know? So it'll right. be like, cool. So in this separate room, now we're going to have pitch hour and workshop mm-hmm. hour. But you can stay in the beanbag room and write if you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then maybe even uh, a collaborative writing thing, too. So like, And that could be totally voluntary where mm-hmm. people just get together in a room and try to create something together just by pitching each, like, the beats, Great. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 
What? So you've got the bean the beanbag room, mm-hmm. um, the pitching workshop room, and yes. then the and the group writing room. Right. I like. <laughs> and uh, I know now isn't it Google that has all these like fun spaces, uh, just so people can blow off steam. There's some. It seems like there's some. Yes. Tech place. Yeah, all those. All those. You know, I have been inside of the Kickstarter headquarters, and it's insane. It's like uh, they've got libraries and movie theaters mm-hmm. and um, uh, arcade games. Like all of these like trendy startups, and Google, I think, started it all yeah. with its hammocks and nap pods and like half pipes. <laughs> um, like it's important. Yeah, keeps people sane. Cool. So, so we need a room like that, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could do like a, a VR room. This is gonna take a billionaire to help finance. No, uh, we're gonna we write can... up. This is our new startup. We're gonna submit it to Y Combinator or an mm-hmm. incubator or something. I think, I think it's gonna make some money for us. Yeah, this is good. this is gonna be good. Uh, <laughs> so we can have some rooms like that. We can have a uh, what what we could have a nap room. Oh, we definitely need a nap room. Because I don't want to, in the beanbag room, I don't want to write next to someone who's napping because it's right. going to make me want to nap. Exactly. So you got to go to the nap room. <laughs> and, like, and it could be like uh, on a train where it's just like individual nap spaces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's on a train. Um, but just like little pods that you can go into and nap alone. Yes, definitely. It's like serene. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, Let's see. Every Thursday is like massage. Maybe it should be every Monday. Massage Monday. Oh yeah, to ease you into the week. Yeah. Easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta have Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday, and then there should be like lots of like um, things to fiddle with. <laughs> like you know, how, like what? Like you know people you know while you're thinking things to like little tchotchke oh. things to, like fiddle with you know like rip you know I when I'm in a movie theater I sit there and I rip up the ticket the whole time like little things to do <laughs> so while people are brainstorming like um, little like bubble wrap to do nothing and and bubble wrap yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what um like that sand those little boxes of sand that they have in a therapist's office in the nineties or something like that like. I could play definitely. with sand. You could definitely play with sand. I really like buttons that do that do nothing. I think there should be tons of buttons. <laughs> it could be like a beat machine that's just you're just pressing the buttons on the beat machine. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not doing anything. It's not well, plugged you don't in. Have a, you could be doing something in a totally different building. You don't know. <laughs> you want that mystery as a part of it. Yeah. So you yeah. have a bunch of switches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. maybe getting too obsessive compulsive. <laughs> it's like so. Uh, you know, writers have a lot of anxiety, so this is they need this kind of <laughs> anything that that gets their anxiety out. I like yeah. it. What would we call this collective? Oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's something simple like the right. You know, the writers collective, or like you know. I'm not good at puns, Jason. You gotta help me out here. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something with like writers room. Uh, let's see, what's something serene? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like right, like right on a cloud, <laughs> cloud right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
like cloud uh, or pillow. Somehow uh, we got to get fluffy or pillow yes. or you, you have got to be comfortable. Yeah. yeah, that's the highest. The number one priority of about every room is comfort. Um, right. So. Um, serenity. Seren. Uh, right. Serenity. <laughs> No. Yes, right. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a pin in it. I think. It- I like it. There it is, Christina. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. No, thank you. It's fun. Super fun having her on. She's such a dynamic performer, and what I mean when I say that is she never seems to be out of character, and that character seems to be a living, breathing person, and not just the, the skin that the actor is putting on she's really great at that and she's right that really just comes with getting your reps in you just got to perform a lot get more accustomed to doing that kind of stuff really fun chat she mentioned in there the magnet improv theater podcast and you can go to the magnet theater podcast and check out her episode is episode 11 the great lewis kornfeld interviewed her and you can also check out her sketch team that she talked about just karen next monday at 7 30 at the magnet theater and you can also check out old episodes of this podcast if this is your first time listening thank you go to there you can read up on old episodes and old blogs just posted a new blog recently about the political correctness debate and comedy and you can go to itunes and soundcloud and find old episodes please leave a review gonna have a fun episode next week Hope you're there for it. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.